0: Good evening and welcome to the latest episode of the Magic Cast. I'm your host Scott Monroe. Uh, welcome to a sort of hybrid episode of talking a little bit about mental health and talking about football. So we've cut the into two topics this evening. I've got a fellow Brit, AS Roma fan with me tonight. Uh, I've got a Southampton fan. Um, I've got Lee Roberts. How are you?
1: Thank you, mate. Yeah, not too bad. Yourself?
0: Yeah, not Hot. too. Yeah, hot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I went to Wembley last week and uh, safe to say on the tube coming back from Wembley oh, to Paddington I can was... can imagine. Yeah, it wasn't the best. Um, my train got cancelled on the way to... Oh, jeez. So where was I? So to London. I was Reading, just outside Reading and it yeah. got cancelled and I thought I was going to miss my slot but no it was alright in the end all good not I'm off to I'm off to football tomorrow I'm off to Eastleigh Swindon so oh it, that's not too far from me, yeah I was it. just going to say that's not too far what was that
1: about so I used to I used to work um, so I went to HBC and uh, my old office before started working for Moe um after Covid literally probably about 5-10 minutes walk from Eastleigh's ground oh nice so nice. Uh, yeah I've any- passed quite a few times
0: is there anything good around there bars burger bars <laughs> Um,
1: there is a decent pub called the Cricketers, which is about five, ten minute walk, it's a Green King pub, um, so the food is not too expensive, but it's decent stuff, um, there's a place called the Concord Club, just opposite, pretty much opposite the ground as well. Oh, nice. Um, the last time I went there, probably the only time actually to Eastleigh was to watch Saints in a pre-season friendly, when I was about 17, 18 maybe, And I'm I'm 32 now, so. Quite a while ago. Sometimes
0: we won't mention ages because we're all sort of in the same age bracket. <laughs> and you mentioned yeah. <laughs> sort of your job. I also work for a building society/slash bank who uh, used to sponsor England. So people who might know who uh, who I work for.
1: Yeah. No, just and their, their head office is in Swindon.
0: There it? it is. Yeah. 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 I'll be in that office on Tuesday. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, I've lost my train of thought. We were talking about weather. Food. Uh yeah. Uh trains
1: building societies.
0: Yeah. Trains, all sorts. <laughs> yeah. trains. It's not normally like this. Um, so you are a Roma fan like myself from the UK. Uh you're also a Southampton fan, back in the Premiership. I think I've been to St Mary's once. Uh evidently my dad was saying that he went to the Dow as a Swindon fan to watch Southampton. I went when Southampton won four one against Swindon in ten eleven. I think Oxley Chamberlain
1: yeah, was still league league-wide promotion wide. season yeah yeah, um, was. yeah. I was also there when you um, beat us 1-0 and Ch- uh, Charlie, Charlie Austin, Austin scored yeah. was that the season I think that was the season you got to the playoff final yeah we got beat one middle yeah. yeah
0: enough 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 chats about our other team <laughs> <laughs> um, what made you fall in love with Roma and I know you've been to a lot of games in the past I think it, you've gone <clears> to what is it close to 35 36 or am I a, yeah the
1: the Leicester game was the 33rd, I think. Oh, 33rd, okay. Um, yeah, so it all started. So I went to Rome um, just on a family summer holiday in the summer of 2003. And um, in the years sort of prior to that, we'd been to a few places uh, Barcelona, uh, Monaco, Paris, Milan, Venice um, sort of all over the place. My dad always used to sort of buy me a football shirt from wherever we went. Um, so I had. <clears throat> I had a Barcelona shirt, I had a Monaco shirt, PSG, Venezia. For my sins, I had an Inter shirt too. Oh, God. Um, yeah. But I just never really sort of, I don't know, not, nothing seemed to ever sort of click with any of those shirts or those teams or those places, um, quite like it did when I went to Rome um, for the first time. Um, like, Firstly, I just, so I was, what, 13, 14 at the time. Um, and just, just totally fell in love with the city, the food, the culture, the people. Um, and then my dad did, as he always did, bought me a, um, a Roma shirt. Thankfully, it was a Roma shirt and uh, and not the team from uh, outside of Rome. <laughs> yeah. um,
0: did it fit? Because it was Kappa uh, back then, wasn't it? It was
1: Kappa. So, yeah, so it was the 2002-2003 Champions League shirts. The one with the sort of the amber, the golden neck, um, yeah. yellow sleeves. Skin, um,
0: skin tight, isn't it?
1: Skin tight, it was, yeah. yeah.
0: You have to be an athlete um, to wear them now, basically.
1: <laughs> absolutely, he got absolutely ripped off for it as well. Because I remember we—I were I don't think it was an official store we went to, um, but it was. Bearing in mind, it was like last season's shirt. I'm pretty sure we paid about eighty to hundred euros for it. They obviously, you know, could tell we were not Italians. <laughs> they saw him coming completely. Um, but yeah, so we got with the shirt, and um, and yeah, just something about the shirt as well. Like you know, the you know Roma's colours. I was you know would say are, are unique. Um, you know, you get plenty of red and white striped teams or. You know, plenty of blue or, you know, black and white stripes and, and all that sort of thing. But I think you'd be hard pushed to find another team that play in Roma's colours. In fact, I don't know if you would because colours are unique to the city of Rome. Um, you know, the purple, the purple, red and the golden <coughs> sort of yellow, amber colours. And um, so, yes, then I got home um, from that holiday um, and... Uh, then just sort of started researching Roma a little bit more. And then one Saturday night, um, so this was back when I was on Eurosport so after Channel 4 had, had it.
0: Those were the days. And, uh, Those were the days.
1: James, James Richardson, um, was still the host on Eurosport mm. and, uh, just looking through my, um, channels in my bunk bed as a kid. One Saturday night and, um, uh, Roma were playing Juventus away at the start of the 2003-2004 season. Um, and it was an absolute thrilling game, uh, 2-2 draw. Um, so uh, Christian Kivu We just signed That some of Mayax, Equalised with a Free kick in the first half um, sort of Top corner free kick uh, It may have been Bottom corner Bottom corner free kick uh, Which is one of his sort of Trademarks um, And then uh, Jonathan Zabina Equalised in for us in, On the 87th minute um, And then Totti Actually went through On goal in Injury time And could have won it for us Since it was the third game Of the season could have won it for us, but Buffon saved uh, saved one on one. It was just an absolute uh, brilliant game, and um, I think unless you sort of do, you know, take a, uh, you know, make a point of watching Italian football, you know, being a Brit, and especially like a kid and stuff, like you, you know, you just fed the Premier League, mm-hmm. um, you know, on a spoon, um, and you also fed the stereotype of other leagues, you know. So Serie A, you know, is the obvious one. The people still now even now, you know, roll out, um, you know, defensive, boring, etc. And uh, I was just like, well, this game was anything but boring and defensive, you know. Um, and so from there, the interest just sort of picked up, and whenever Roma were on US sport, I would watch. Um, and then I would, you know, be sort of researching them on the internet, and I came across um, the AS Roma Addict um, message board forum, um, which I'm not sure if you were on or heard of no, you may have been told i of.
0: may have yeah i think i've been told and
1: used
0: to yeah yeah i used to go on UK if you remember that back in the day
1: yeah so 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 the Roma addict forum was sort of run by two canadian um Roma fans and there were Roma fans on there from all over the world um america uk um and uh, sort of all over and um so i found that and just and i got chatting to Roma fans. um um and then in March two thousand and four I asked my mum and dad if they would take me back to Rome to, to watch a Roma game. Um so I saved up my paper round money and sort of helped, you know, pay for us to go. Um <clears throat> so I saw my first Roma game on there I think it was the twentieth of March two thousand and four. Uh and we lost, typically. Um which now after twenty years of following Roma, I look back at it and think, Yeah, that sound you know, just about sums sums it up. Um, so we were playing mid-table Bologna. We were still in the Scudetto race with uh, Milan. Um, and we'd led the table for half of that season, the 2003-2004 mm. season. Um, and even now, I look back, of all my seasons of following Roma, that season has got a rival. probably maybe 2006 um, and 7-8, you know, Spalletti, Um the Spalletti, the se- last Spalletti season. Would you say 9-10 or so? Um so nine ten, I wouldn't say that the football that Roma played was anywhere near the quality mm. of O three, O four, or O six, O seven or O seven oh eight. Um or even thirteen fourteen under Garcia. Oh course, yeah. um, Garcia's first season. That's one of my probably my favourite season as a Roma mm. fan in the um in you know, in the twenties years or so that I've been. Um but yeah, so we went over and, and watched Roma lose to mid table bologna, which pretty much all but ended our um our our title hopes for another season. Um and then, yeah, just grew from there. And <clears throat> um, since then, so that was my first game. The Leicester game was my 33rd. Um, uh, and that was a, it was eventful getting tickets, eventful being there. And um, if you've seen the pictures of my ankle. I did, yes. Post, post <laughs> the game. Um, yeah, and getting home was uh, was interesting from that one. Um, but It was just amazing to be there. I don't know if I've ever experienced um, an atmosphere in a stadium, in a football stadium like, and I've done a fair share of, um, you know, I mean, just in terms of Roma, five derbies, a couple of Juve games, uh, Inter Milan, um, and what have you, but the stadium was just full, like an hour, hour and a half before kickoff. Everybody's singing, flags, you know, flags waving. Um, and <clears throat> It's that as well that got me into it, just seeing, you know, images and videos of, you know, the Roma fans, um, you know, on the internet, even at an early age, just looking at and watching that that sort of thing, like just thinking that it doesn't really happen here in the UK um at all like anymore. I mean, yeah, and now even bear in mind this was say nearly um, yeah. eighteen, nineteen years ago. Especially like, even more now than the atmosphere, you know, in English stadiums, even more sterile. um you know, you know, going to Rome and you know, or just Italy, you know, in general, or even. Even southern europe I would say in, in you know general and eastern europe for to watch football is just a completely different experience and to anybody who hasn't done it, I always say like you know, just it. trying to go out to a game you know it's just you know the the passion the, you know actually i' tell you a story so i took out took one of my best friends out in um to a game in i think it was about two thousand twelve was Lewis. it was the sole Lewis Enrique season we played um played navarra. And the Olympico was about half full, thirty thirty five thousand. 35,000. They were bottom of the table, and Roma was sort of, we were hanging around in about sixth place. Um, and, and yeah, I said to my friend, um, who's a fellow Saints fan, uh, I said to him, I said, honestly, this, like, you think this atmosphere that you experience won't be like anything you've, um, experienced back home and stuff. And he was like, nah, it's not going to be as good as, you know, at home, you know, English atmospheres and stuff. I said, you just wait and see, and, um, to say even though it was a game of possibly not, you know not many Roma fans would be able to even remember we won five two. Um, Lamella scored a couple I think, and uh, and he come out of the ground he was just like, so you know f me that was <laughs> that was um, that was incredible start you know, amazing. Um, like, so you're absolutely right and uh, he, and he got hooked. As do you know other friends I've taken um, you know during the time I've been a Roma fan they just get I mean, they're just absolutely stunned by the the level of passion of the you know, the Roma fans in in, in particular. Um, so yeah, so it's a combination of things really as to what started the journey and what was helped continue it. And it's um well see, apart, apart from my kids and like my family and stuff, like Roma is probably the most important and best thing to have ever happened to me in my life and I don't understate that in any way because without them I wouldn't be able to speak a foreign language, which is probably one of my proudest personal achievements to date, um, and I wouldn't have experienced, you know, all the trips and everything, and the memories and stuff that I have, and I wouldn't have met um, all the great people, you know, that I have, and you know, and talked to the great people that I have, including yourself, um, you know, and, and made so many friends through it. Uh, I mean, I've met some really genuinely like brilliant um, friends in Rome, who I consider some of my, my just my best friends in general life now I talk to them um albeit you know sometimes by message or um at times calls more than I'd speak to friends, you know, five minutes down the road from me, mm. to be honest. Um so, so yeah. Y-
0: you mentioned about the atmosphere in the ground. Yeah. Is it, it for me, as soon as you hear the club anthem mm. it's the hairs on your back of your neck stand up. And, I do, and that's where it starts for me when I go. I'm hoping to go in August. either for the Cremonese game or the Monza game but when I went to I've done two Champions League games I've only done I think I've done ten so I've done a Juve I've done Genoa twice including someone's last game Um, in 2017 Mm. uh, I've done Bologna when Salah scored a Uh, hat-trick I've done a Real Madrid when Ronaldo and Lucas Vasquez scored Um, done the Sesca game My first game was against Juve in 2014, and I actually got lost coming out of the ground trying to get a taxi to where I was staying. But now I always aim to stay closer to the Olimpico because it's quite a nice walking distance. It's only about a 10-15 minute walk, but you get to see some lovely sights around there. But yeah, as soon as you hear the club anthem and you hear everything afterwards, you're thinking, yeah, it's a different atmosphere and a different culture. Do you feel the same way?
1: definitely for sure and have you been um sort of post-covid yet or,
0: no know? the last no. game i went to was in rome was emply awful monday night weather roma won 2-1 and florenda got sent off it was ranieri's first game after yes, yeah, Di yeah. francesco got sent off
1: sacked.
0: yeah yeah oh got sacked sorry not you got sent off got sacked sorry um yeah i was aiming to go to right because my birthday's in april Salonatana or Bodo Glimped and I looked, the tickets were ridiculously cheap, and I mean mm. ridiculously cheap Um also, I was tempted to go to the Venezia game, because when the Venezia game, it was like €15 Euros a ticket, and they all sold yeah. out pretty quickly but the next day Swindon were playing Port Vale in the playoffs first leg, ah, so I was yeah. like I can't go <laughs> so, yeah. I'm hoping to go
1: in so, August, um, yeah. So one thing that um, I think it was Mourinho that influenced it and told the club that he wanted it was um, that. So prior to him arriving, the the club anthem for many years now has always been played before the Serie A yes. anthem when the players were on the pitch. So I mean, when I first started following Roma, like the the anthem was always the last thing that you'd hear. Mm. Um, you know, before the game started, you know, it would always come after any sort of Serie A anthem. Well, I mean, there wasn't even one back in those days. Um, and uh from what I've read Marino you know insisted that he wanted the you know, the Roma Anthem to be playing when the players were on the pitch after they'd done all their handshakes and um you know after the Serie A- Anthem were played just to increase the atmosphere, you know, really get, you know, the fans involved and you know on top of, you know, the opposing team even more than Roma fans do anyway. Um so so you'll uh, you should, you know, you hopefully notice that when you go in August. Um, but also the, the, they tend to play now quite a few more club anthems as well just in the build-up to the game so uh, Campo T- Tistacio, um is normally the first one Forza Roma, Forza Lupi hmm. um, and then uh, My Soul Am I uh, by Marco Canidi um, gets played just before the teams then come out and that's probably my uh, my favourite Roma song actually uh, of all of them so I mean just playing all those anthems even before the players have come out really stirs you know a crowd up that Probably doesn't really need much stirring up anyway. Um, and then say the anthem when the, the players on the pitch. And don't know if you noticed from watching the games last season. Um, so Roma and uh, and the league had a bit of a um, sort of set two at the start mm. of the season because Roma were allowing the anthem to delay the start of kickoff by about half a minute or something ridiculous. And they were like, "No, you can't do this," um, and Roma just kept doing it. And eventually, eventually the league just bowed down and said, "Right, we'll change the rules so that you can play your anthem, but you can only play it for like a certain amount of time." So then, so what they then started doing was stopping the anthem like dead on the kick kickoff time, and then the the fans in the stadium then continue the rest of it mm, a cappella, yeah, yeah, without the background music, um, which is which is pretty special as well. Like, there's so many YouTube videos. Um, you just go on there. And watch Roma, Roma, Roma from last season of any game. um, It's pretty special when you hear just the fans singing it just on their own without, you know, even the, you know, Venditti's sort of background to it. Is it wrong that I
0: probably played it on my Spotify about 10 times after the Conference League final?
1: No, I was doing exactly the same. I I was going between that and Grazi Roma and I I I I didn't go to to bed till. Probably about four or five a.m. that morning because oh, I just stayed up just waiting for the team to like arrive back at um, Fiumicino Airport and, and watch the team get off the, the plane with the cup and stuff. And I wasn't very good. I wasn't very much help to my partner that day because we were going on holiday on the Thursday, and I was meant to be helping packing on the Wednesday, and I did very very little packing. <laughs> I was just an absolute—I've never like, a mess. I just couldn't fathom, think straight, or do anything for, like. At all Other than just think about um, The game The game And as it got closer and closer It was just Oh it was hell Absolute hell And then watching You know Watching it just through Fingers Behind a You know Behind a cushion For most of the second half Um, But I think You know All of us were like that Because we just You know We've been starved of Success for so long Um, And uh, You know We thought finally Especially with You know Mourinho arriving Mourinho being there You know You think right If he can't it. If he can't make this club win something then you know who the hell can? Yeah. Sort of thing. Um, and I, I you know, I really believe it's just a start um as well for for Roma, not just under Mourinho, but with um you know, with the coming ownership of Freakins I think they are really, really serious about to you know, taking Roma to the to the next level. It's easy to to talk and to speak and to say that, you know, that's what you're gonna do, and you know Pilotto probably said it countless times but you know, was never really sort of serious about it. And, you know, in terms of the pitch, he definitely saw it more of a business, and it was right. We have to, you know, we sell uh, our best players and then try and reconstruct the team, mm-hmm. and, and it worked for a little bit, and then and didn't. But you know, the Fiekens, I don't think I've, never, I've said I say that and I've said, and I said this is my answer to anybody who is getting like sort of jittery, old because the market's not the transfer market's not going in the direction we want. Oh, we haven't signed, you know, all the players that we want yet. I just say like and they start doubting the vegans or Thiago um, my response to that is I don't think Mourinho would ever come to Roma had he not been given significant guarantees and significant sort of backing from the vegans with regards to the transfer market he just simply wouldn't have come Agreed um, and so that, and that's that's where my confidence comes you know for the future is that um, you know obviously Mourinho won't be here forever and whoever comes in Sort of after, them, I do you know, I believe that you know, we will get backed and supported, um, you know, by them and, and, and a future manager as long as they're sort of in charge. And you know, the new stadium news is positive. Um, I went, you know, I hold my breath, um, until I actually see some some bricks yeah. going in the ground after the <laughs> you know, after the debacle of Tordi barley yeah. Um, but you know, it looks and I mean, thankfully, it seems like they're dealing with a much more competent. City council administration in Rome uh, now since since the um, the local elections last year. So fingers crossed. Yeah, that I just th- saw and
0: yeah, I saw your tweet about it last. Was it last week? Sixty thousand would be ideal. Do not want forty, forty-five, or just a but uh, just slightly above that because this city and Roma needs a stadium that big to hold. Yeah, what,
1: for what sure. they yeah. sure. So, so there was some talk that it would be 40-45 so around about the similar size of Juve Stadium but you know you see the attendance as last season you see how many season tickets have been sold this season 36,000 mm. um, and you know for a big game like a semi-final European semi-final or you know Derby or um, you know if we were going you know if we were in a proper hunt for the Scudetto it would be sold out up to 65-75 and 70,000 just like the Olimbico. Um but when those plans when the Initial statement, you know that statement come out from Roma and the city council last um, week. Uh, I think it was Bavardi. Um, Roma said that the stadium won't be any smaller than the Olimpico. So, um, so it sounds like they're, you know, I think their plan is sort of 60, 65,000 Yeah, though. yeah. I will
0: ask. I will ask two questions, and this is going into Roma of last season and Roma of this season. What was your thoughts on Jose? Jose's Romans this season, and what are you thinking about for this season? And maybe a particular player that is supposed to be rumoured to join in the club who
1: we were talking
0: about pre pod.
1: Mm. Um, So, I think whenever you know somebody like Mourinho comes to your club, the fans are, uh, and not just the fans, but you know the media and radios and everybody in Roma just instantly expecting. No success and has to be fighting for the title and stuff. And to be fair, he delivered success in his first season. Mm. Um, So you know, can't argue with that. I mean, it was you know, it was an up and down season for sure. But I think that was to be you know expected. Um, And I think Mourinho has always been very clear and very honest ever since day one um, of joining Roma. In one of his you know first interviews, he said that this is a a different project and a different um, job to what he would normally take. But he's here for the three years of it um and you know it's going to take some time to build you know a Roma that we all want to be back you know fighting for for the title You i know, have to rem- remember for the last well, three four seasons we've been you know around about fifth sixth seventh um you know so and as, as soon as even the point i thought about right, this i can see in my mind how i hopefully envision it it going is um was the aim was to try and get back in the champions league uh, last season, and I think had we not gone as far in the conference um, league, yeah, conference league, then I think we would have run Juve very, very close I agree with indeed. That. I totally before agree. The spot with that. Yeah. In the end, um, and you know, but we, you know, we won a trophy, and we, I mean, we definitely would have finished above Lazio and fear had we not been, um, you know, in, in that U- European run. Um, but he's delivered the first trophy to the club in 14 years. Um, so now the, you know, the second year, the way I, and say hopefully see it going is, uh, and we have to be realistic. Like I, I'm not expecting a title challenge next season, and I don't think. I like, so I think you'll be into a Juve out ahead of the rest. Yeah. Um, and then I think it's going to be an almighty tussle for the, the two remaining, Champions League places between Milan, ourselves, um, Napoli, Lazio, and I'd also keep a close eye on Fi- uh, Fiorentina as well because I mean they've got a very good manager there in um, Italiano and. Um, and I think he'd, you know, sort of build something there too. So, um, I, I would keep a close eye on them. But I, mean, yeah, I think it's going to be a, it's not going to be easy to get one of those places. Um, but I hope that by, you know, they might not do, but just by one of those top three, that you'd expect to be the top three, just sort of falling short and dropping down a bit to, you know, to the sort of Napoli, um, Rome. I know Napoli finished above Juve last season, but I don't expect them to this season um and i would my prediction this day i would call on roma and milan to finish in the top four behind uh, inter and um inter and Juve. but i think it'll be it won't be like we're sort of 10 points ahead of the fifth place team i think it'll be quite close, be a very yeah. cl- close run thing to yeah. the end of the season and again it also depends on you know i could see us going far in the europa league um you know that, that that's the other thing for this season it'd just be nice to, if Mourinho can start building a culture, um, you know, the Freakins building the culture of, of winning things again and, you know, winning trophies and trying to return Roma to, you know, a period of sort of, you know, the, the early to mid-80s would be absolute dreamland for for us modern-day Romanisti um, to, you know, see just, you know, even a couple of, you know, I've said to be, you know, you know top four in a couple of Italian next season, I'd be, I'd, if someone offered that me now, I'd, You know, I'd sign, sign on the dotted line. Um, and then you'd go into the third season and think, right, back in the top four, you know, and the money you get from the Champions League and stuff, think, right, Mourinho's current final season on his contract, you think that's got to be the, the time and then you go all guns blazing for the title, hopefully.
0: Yeah, um, I'm very intrigued to see what happens in the next couple of weeks in pre-season and on the transfer market. Uh, what are your thoughts on Roma's transfer market so far today?
1: Um, It's been a little bit frustrating, I guess, and, and slow in in some degree, but I don't think that's anything to do with Roma's lack of, you know, Thiago's lack of, you know, for, you know, for the one to try and to get deals over the line. I think, you know, in particular Sassuolo with Fatezo being um, incredibly difficult and I just I can't imagine if it was Juventus that wanted Fatese from them that they would be uh you know, demanding as much as they are just from you know, we see how they do transfer deals with Juve if Juve yeah. want to play with theirs, you know. <laughs> like with Locatelli Yeah. Locatelli,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Free loan for two years and then Yeah. I think you know, things like it, that. Yeah.
1: But they want to rinse Roma for sort of thirty to thirty five million euros, is that Know, and if that continues to be the case, I would just turn out you know elsewhere. It'd be nice There's to uh, you know. I really do rate him, and I think he could be a new diversity for us. But um, you know, if, if they're going to continue with the current demands, then I would You know, I would go you know elsewhere. Um, and then you yeah, know, we also got the Daniolo saga, as we were talking about a little bit before we came on. Um, you don't know really what to believe. There's just so much so much rubbish reported from so many radios and media outlets, you know, in Rome particularly, there's just tons of them, um, literally hundreds of them actually, I think. Mm. And, and as well, the Italian media. And I think a lot of them are out to just actually do damage to Roma. And I think a lot of them, you know, we've had it all through last season. Um, you know, they're reporting things about Mourinho, not being happy and all that sort of stuff. But actually I think a lot of them, you know, they're, they're, a lot of these, um, Media outlets and organisations are run by, um, people with Juve interests or Milan, you know, the, the northern powerhouse interests. You, they don't want Roma to be strong and successful because, you know, it is, it's something that those clubs have always not wanted throughout the history of, uh, you know, I sound, you know, I might sound like a bit of a conspiracy theorist here, but, um, you know, it's true. You, know, you go back and look at certain incidents, you know, incidences in games. Spanning back to the 80s, um, they do not want a Roma continuously competing for the title or being successful. And I think a, a lot of them are scared, you know. When we're appointing somebody like Mourinho, who's a, you know, his record speaks for itself, um, or winner, and you know, they just want to try and disrupt and disturb and just cause as much, you know, bullshit as, as they possibly can. And I think that I think that's a bit what's happened with Daniello. Uh But now all of a sudden, I read that. Everything's changed in you know in the pre season can Portugal and he might be gonna, gonna renew his contract, so you know, so, we'll have to wait yeah, and see, who isn't it? Yeah, we will have to, to wait and but, see. <laughs> but can you imagine an attack with him, uh Tammy, and a certain uh a certain little Argentinian player um inserted into that and then with Pellegrini behind it. Behind it, you know, yeah. That would be that would be quite exciting.
0: Would you set up in that 3-4-2-1 would you push or not push would you bring back Pellegrini a little bit deeper to play with Matic or Cristante um, going forward or is it just it's just chaos I'm
1: not personally I like the three at the back and win-backs. I've always liked yeah. it so my first season following Roma Capello used to play with that um uh, the win backs were Sabina quite often and uh Francisco uh, Lima mm. on the other side and um and I think we've got the players to play that. Like, um, you know, is naturally attacking. Uh, Zaleski, you know, I can see playing further forward, in yeah, you know, I agree in, with in that. His future years, yeah, he plays um, as a
0: number ten or as a left wing or left, like left forward.
1: Yeah. Um, so, and, and then I think we've got, you know, we're quite stocked in, in the centre back area as well. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see, you know, if we if we were to sign. I'm not going to mention his name because I'm going to be superstitious now. (laughs) The the rumors about the rumors about Ronaldo a couple of weeks ago, and like the bookies were saying, oh, we were favourites to sign him, etc. And like I posted a bit about it, and then you know I don't think that's going to happen, so I'm not mentioning anything about um, until I see him on you know on Roma's Twitter uh, official Twitter account in a Roma shirt with a scarf on his head or say coming off the plane at at the airport. but I, I do. He's a player that I've always, always wanted Roma to sign. Even when he was at Palermo, um, there's been two players actually. When they played for sort of the provincial uh, clubs, during my time as a Roma fan, I was just desperate for us to sign. And um, one is the, the particular player now, um, from when he was at Palermo, and the other one was uh, Alexis uh, Sanchez when he was oh, at yeah. Udinese. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was outstanding for Udinese, oh, wasn't he, he? he? Awesome. And I just thought we could... so. He was there and about the sort of time I started following Roman I just thought you know, he just it was a profile and a sort of player that just fitted perfectly We could have brought him in um, would have been a really good signing but
0: he went to Barcelona he went to Pets yeah. Barcelona he yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. got injured quite a lot there but then he went to Arsenal and then he's I think Sanchez would have been great but I think now I, I was speaking to a friend he looks like he's played too much football and I think his body's just not not reacting to it, but the would be an a- absolute brilliant sign in. If it does come off, sorry, Lee, I did mention his name. <laughs> I'm sorry, but he said, right. he said about Ronaldo. I'm, I'm thankful. Those rumors have died down a lot recently. And I think this I think it's Atletico Chelsea. Uh, my friend's a Chelsea fan. Mm-hmm. I'm going to football with tomorrow. And I, I asked him, he was a bit um and, ah and about it, but, uh, I, I'm, I'm a bit thankful those rumours have died down, but there's also yeah. another player that Roma have been linked with recently, and that's uh, Marco Sanezi from Feyenoord. Yes. Centre-back. Um, I think that would be a good addition. Yeah, yeah I thought he played really well in the, in the Conference League final against Roma. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've, I've seen some rave, revor- rave reviews sorry, about him last yeah. season in the Eredivisie, and I think he also holds an Italian passport, yeah. which is quite good because he wouldn't count as a, a non-EU player coming in. But I think if that comes through, I think that's a good spine. Yeah, the, we've of, been linked with him yeah. sort of a little
1: bit, even before the, the end of the season, the yeah. rumours about him. And I agree, he would be a superb signing. I think if we could get him finally get Sassuolo to play ball and you know sign um, Fortese and then sign um, Dybala as well, then... You mentioned I, him. Damn it, you I did. It. Yeah, well, you, well, you did. so... <laughs> Sorry, or, yeah. got to join the party now. So, um, if you, you sign those three players. You know that you've added to the spine of your team. Yeah. there. And ultimately, the you know the thing that if you look at teams in the history of football, you know what wins. You know, teams that win championships and major honours are teams with strong spines to their team from from back to front. And I think that would definitely would know, improve the team from last season no end at all.
0: My final football question before we yep. talk a bit about mental health and what's happened to you recently and what you are doing in the last couple of weeks as well. Um, do you expect more outgoings?
1: I mean to say there's a big question mark over Zagnolo, isn't there? Yeah, um, there
0: is. is a big but, cloud.
1: But apart from him, I wouldn't have thought so. I think we'll have a bit of an issue with Tammy next summer because Chelsea can activate, activate the yeah. clause that he's got in his contract to buy him back. Um, and if they do, they'll get him for probably much cheaper than he would actually be worth. Especially if he goes in and has even an equally good season or even better, which I think he will. He will. Yeah. Um, you know, after you know doing what he did in the, his first season at the age of what 24 in in, in a foreign league, I thought it was just nothing short of incredible, really. Um, so I fully expect him to just go even better this season. And I think we'll be struggling. Um, I mean, but we just have to keep our fingers crossed that Chelsea come next summer. they're you know, well-stopped in the and they don't need anybody because um, if they don't, then hopefully we can try and cling on to him. Um, but, um, yeah, so I wouldn't have, I, I can't think of anybody else. you thought who, like VR or TOR, uh, Oh, so for sure, yeah, we need yeah. to get rid of, um, you know, get rid of them and Tiago's done a, yeah, Thiago done a pretty decent job sort of last year and um, in January trying to, trying to offload the, the players that, you know, I Marine Elsie teams so surplus yeah. to requirements who are some of them are on pretty decent wages as well. It would free up a, a lot of money for, um, you know, for signing others. Um, but yeah, but the big one, obviously, so the big question mark in the cloud, and I suppose it will hang over until, until the end of August will be, um, will be Niccolo. Yeah
0: you expect some juicy gossip to come in from now until the end of the transfer window uh, there's, probably just, stuff, there's probably some stuff there's probably some stuff going to come out tomorrow before the um I think Roma playing Porto Manense, um in the in where the where they played the Sunderland game on Wednesday lunchtime, so I think Yeah. I'm hoping that's on Roma TV so I could watch that on the way when I come back from the game tomorrow. They're also playing sporting next Tuesday, so that's actually quite good. And Nice. nice um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um also I was thinking Justin Clivert could be quite good, but I think he looks like he could be on his way out also to back yeah, to France.
1: So there was some talk that he was actually gonna go to Portugal, wasn't he? Yeah, um, that was and a strange one. Drafted back into the squad, but then he
0: didn't end up going, so um, yeah. Interesting. We'll see. The transfer window is going to be bonkers and crazy. You've got over here Chelsea spending all that new ownership money and buying all the players from Serie A, and like you just think what's going to happen next. But we're going to go into a bit of a more a somber talk like i've done two podcasts and i did one last week with jonas um who's excellent talking about mental health and lee i wanted to talk to you about it, your struggles and sadly what's yeah. happened to you recently um with the loss of your dad um mm-hmm. the floor is all yours and it's all yours to to just um just to talk about your struggles with mental health
1: um yes i mean well i had a bit of a struggle last year so even before this um Shit show of a year started to see my French. It's um, fi-
0: You can swear on here. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I suffered a, a mental health breakdown last May, um, which included like three sort of suicidal episodes, um, which just come out of a, a born of a stressful times. So Only things going on in like, April of last year, um, but you know, thankfully. I'd, sort of pulled myself through that thanks to a good support network and, and talking about it and seeking help um, which is the first most important and biggest you know recommendation I can make to anybody who is going through it that you don't have to um, you know suffer it alone um, and you know and I, and I did and I have to say <clears throat> initially you know put on medication and those first couple of weeks were and I'm sure we um can relate to this scott because i've read Mm. you know some of your posts and stuff yeah um i felt probably the worst i've ever felt in my entire life i just like i thought are these actually gonna help me this medication i'm taking i was thinking Um, the
0: same thing when i had mine yeah
1: (laughs) just like i couldn't fathom how sad and like down and everything i felt Uh, um but luckily managed to pull through um that and sort of got back on the sort of road to um on the you know on the, on the straight and narrow, um, but then this year has just been been the year from hell, really. So my partner's um, uh, dad, so and people who, even the people who follow me on social media won't necessarily know all of this because some of it's more private than. Mm. Um, so what you've just seen about my dad, but my partner's dad was diagnosed with um, uh, cancer of the esophagus last about this time last year actually, um, and he passed away in think uh, 3rd of January. Um, he went into hospital in the middle of December. Um, and then they've come out and um, and at that time it was still sort of when there was COVID restrictions in hospitals in the UK. So his wife was only able to go in and see him like one hour on Christmas Day. Um, and they'd obviously planned to have like last Christmas together because they knew that he had, well, they'd give him sort of a year. Um, but didn't even get that in the end. So that was a hard start to the year. Um, and I did a lot of, you know, the the admin task and stuff that you have to do when you know, someone passes away, there's an awful mm-hmm. lot to do. And a lot of my partner's family and stuff didn't really know what to do. And, you know, just from, you know, my job, and it's probably the same for you, just the jobs we do, we're sort of quite au okay with, um, admin, yeah. right, task, you know, sorting, with
0: stuff like that, yes.
1: Yeah. Doing stuff, sorting things yeah. out and uh, what have you. Um, so that was a pretty bad start to the year. Um, so, the third of January, he, he passed away, and then in February, my gran went into a care home. Um, she's ninety-one, and and actually lived longer than even what was predicted. Um, she didn't have like any sort of major health issues. A little bit problem with her heart, and they give her eighteen months to live, which expired last October, um, and she carried on, but then eventually passed away in April of this year um so that was the second bereavement in uh, two three months and then my dad passed away quite sort of suddenly at the start of may um on the sunday after the remote leicester game actually so i got back on the friday and then he got taken in um to southampton general so he's been on kidney dialysis he started at the start of the year okay yeah um and got taken in so he was actually having it on the saturday before he passed away and he got back home and um his wife just you know, he walked in the door and he was like, I'm sort, of, um, sort of slow and speed and very confused and what have you. So she phoned the ambulance straight away. Um, and she phoned me to tell me and I didn't think much of it. Cause my dad's been in and out of hospital quite a lot in the last few years. So when it you know, happens so many times, you sort of like just sort of brush it off and think, Oh, okay, it's another time. you will be out tomorrow or the next day and it will be fine. But then, um, I got a call from her in about 4am the next morning, um, saying that she'd been asked to come up to the hospital and to bring support. And, um, you know, when they also say that sort of thing, you know, it's, uh, not going to be particularly great news. Um, and then he, so he passed away that evening. Um, so that became a third, third family bereavement in five months, which is, you know, obviously been incredibly difficult to, um, to deal with. And, and then I had to go through the whole, you know, arranging his funeral process and sorting out all of his stuff, just as I'd done for my partners. And he, what four or five months before um, so but I mean to be to be fair my mental health actually during this has not been too bad like I would say it's not been as bad as it was actually last year strangely enough um, and probably because I've been so busy sorting out things you know I've had my moments of cries and stuff but that's you know, just normal grief hmm. it's understandable uh, um, but I've just tried to keep myself as busy as I possibly can as well like which helps, um, you know, distract from it a little bit. But, um, but yeah, one thing I've so I had a chat with. Uh, so I've been doing um, so since the first of July. I've been doing um, uh, one million steps for yeah, diabetes. That was my UK. next.
0: That was my next question that I was going to ask. And how was your your how was your feet at the moment? <laughs> how was your legs and your calves because all the walking yeah, you've been doing?
1: So they're not too bad. So I did um, I did ten thousand steps today. Last Mar- uh, March March twenty 21 for Cancer Research UK and I actually mm. really enjoyed it, and it it helped me I and mean, it was strange I was actually it's weird because I was in before that breakdown in May last year I was actually probably the lightest i had been since school and like the fittest I've been since school and I was actually in a really good place and then just a few things shit hit the fan in mm. April and things went downhill from there um, but yeah no I'm really enjoying it I like walking um, and it's I mean walking is a, it's a good thing for mental health um, it doesn't cost you anything to do Right. just getting out there you know trying to find the time to do it and just getting out just for a walk to yourself just to you know gather your thoughts even you know just a quick 20 minute walk or whatever um is really good and my dad was a type 1 diabetic for 50 years of his life um he was diagnosed when he was aged 11 so he had to like inject um insulin into him every day from you know that age as a young boy and um and i just saw that it was a I just, I, it was a friend that actually suggested it to me, he said, oh, have you seen Diabetes UK doing this one million step challenge thing over three months? And I was like, no, I hadn't, so I looked into it and I thought, well, you know, it's extremely um, sort of relevant to, you know, me and my dad has got, you know, a strong place in my heart to, you know, because of, you know, he had diabetes for you know almost all his life. Um, and I just thought, you know, I can try and raise money for a great cause. And thirdly, a bit for myself, after the, The first half of 2022 that's been um you know i thought right i need to try and do something to you know a get myself into a bit better shape because i mean everything in the first half of the year has just gone out the window you know including fitness um sort of understandably so probably but um i thought i can do that every three months some good money you know for a good cause um and get myself into a bit better shape because i mean when all these things happen as well like especially with Two young kids. It does make you sort of sit back and think, like shit. <laughs> um, you should probably start looking after yourself yeah. a bit better as well. So it's, um you know, and it just just gives me something to do and try to be positive and And um, and yeah, so hopefully I'll you know, get there. I've done two hundred thousand in the first two weeks. So Jesus Christ, uh, bloody hell! <laughs> yeah, so I'm averaging about fifteen thousand a day, and the requirement's just under eleven thousand a day. Together, too yeah, you're
0: do it yeah so well you you're what i was gonna say 20 yeah just 20 percent
1: there roughly mm. yeah so yeah but um but, yeah I, I, enjoy, I, so, I really enjoy walking anyway it's just um i like you know i like scenery and and all that sort of things um so just getting out and you know i've got the new forest here on my doorstep near southampton and the sea as well. So there's plenty of nice places to um to get out of all can it gives me something to do and it you know to stop me sort of sitting around and moping around um you know like like i could be you know potentially after all that's happened this year but i just thought right like, first half that you know 2022 has been horrendous first of july signifies the second half of the year surely it can't be any worse than the first half of the year and let's do something you know positive and um you know about it and you know try to try to sort of move on as. a best i can really mm.
0: is there a just given page also did you link a, a just given page on your social media
1: there is so i post it every day uh-huh. and so I yeah so um i've not done a donation actually for about 10 days which is a bit disappointing so um but yes yeah, so i i um, will do you know what? Lee, is,
0: i will i will donate tomorrow i will guarantee right, so it and I, I will drop you a message like,
1: you into no, no, no. <laughs> it's
0: it's it's actually on my list to do because I saw yeah. I saw you posting it on your um because we follow each other. Like, I yeah. don't have Facebook no more. I did the the honorary thing of deactivate deactivating my Facebook for the for yeah. the better of my mental health last yeah. year. But we follow each other on Twitter and on Instagram, and I mm. see your posting and I'm thinking I've got to do something. And Lee, I will donate. You have got my no, no, no. no.
1: That's fine. We most appreciated. And um, so it is a few month challenge. So um. You know, you know whenever it's twenty five, it would be it would be much appreciated.
0: And uh, we, we'll, I will, and I'll forward this on to Sam, the producer. Uh, we will link the uh, description into into the description of our podcast, which will probably be awesome. released tomorrow. Um, one of my final questions, is Lee, is how are you holding up, and how is everything with you at the moment after? I'm sorry to say this, the absolute shit show that you, you said of the first yeah. year, of, the first half of the year in 2022, because I'm sorry to hear about your losses. It's it's mm. I wouldn't begrudge anything that if you just felt like absolutely just going to the wall. But how are you holding up at mm. the moment?
1: Yeah, like I say, not too bad. And I say that, you know, doing this step challenge keeps me busy and positive. Um, so I, I'm back to work now. um sort of on a phase of return and just trying to get back into Normality in the swings of things. I had about two months off, um, which in- like included a holiday to sort of Europe. Um, where we were in France and Italy for three weeks. Um, so that sort of helped to take my mind off it a little bit, but it was also brought back a lot of memories because that's what my dad used to do with me. Um, and it's, I mean, I just know from like myself and, you know, like my partner's mum, um, and, and my dad's wife and stuff, you know, people, when this sort of thing happens you have some very up days when you're feeling much more positive and you can get out and you know and do things but then other days where you just think like it will just like hit you again like a steam train and um just completely stops you in the tracks and all and quite often when you're least expecting it to. Um and it'd be amazing what can can sort of trigger you. So I uh, just for example for me the other night I had a big cry, I was uh, doing work and I was dealing with a customer um who was who lives in Bournemouth and that's where my dad was born. Um, you know, so it's just you know, tiny little things like that can just, can just set you off. But, um, yeah, I'd like to think I'm bearing up not too bad. And so I want to try and complete this challenge and, you know, do my dad proud and try and raise as much as, you know, I can for, for that cause and, and say so and get myself into, to shape. Um, because on the mental health aspect, um, I I tend to, I've definitely found, particularly in, sort of my early 30s like 20s i started to struggle a lot in the um like in the autumn winter mm. when months.
0: it gets colder and when it gets cold, and it, dark like the dark like
1: four and the yeah. dull and the grayness and the lack of sun so like i mean i don't know about a lot of people are moaning about how hot it is but i'm absolutely loving the weather <laughs> in the uk at the moment um to the extent that i'm actually sit i sit out in the garden on my laptop and work um so um so yeah, but like so this challenge ends at the end of September. So when I get to the end of September and I'm in a good mental place you know place, having done this challenge for three months, um not just the steps, but also you know, getting back and going to the gym, things like that. Um, then hopefully it should get me in a good place to sort of um, you know, face the the autumn and the winter months. Um and yeah, and just on that note, in terms of you know I'm no expert at all <laughs> far, far from it, but it's amazing what but like doing a bit of exercise can oh, God, yeah. do for your mental health. And, you know, even if, like say just going out walking or, um, you know, and then going to the gym, like for me, it's, it's, you know, starting to get me into a, you know, much better, much better place. Um, and it's weird. Cause like some, I'll, I'll go into like, I'm a bit of an like, up and down. Like, I'm like all or nothing person. I've described myself as. So like, cause I'm doing this challenge. I'm like totally all into it. So, um, um you know I'm a bit worried as to what might happen when it gets to October when it all finishes I've got to then find, try and find something else to do to keep me going rather than just getting back into that rut then of not doing things not doing the exercise and stuff and you know sometimes I you know I've sit there and I've had it plenty of time during especially during the last two three years during COVID like I've sat there, I just want to get out of the rut and I, I'm sure again you can relate to this maybe um like you want to get yourself out of the rut that you're in but you just can't find the the willpower or the strength you know mental strength to do it like you know and you know like, you know that it's good for you but you just can't get them on on the urge if that makes sense yeah and, um, yeah
0: you, you, you feel know. you feel like you just cannot be bothered to do anything mm. you just rather just like for me it was just stay in bed and watch tv during yeah six weeks where i wasn't working because I had my twelve week letter because I'm asthmatic, and then I just lost everything, but mm. yeah, thankfully, touchwood that feels like a different lifetime ago yeah. it's weird, isn't it that like, I was speaking to Jonas about this last week just that that feeling of just feeling like that when you're feeling low, but then you come out of it at the other side, and hopefully Lee, like in the next couple of months it just gets a little bit better and i am sending mm. positive vibes to you to let's Thinking say you know. yeah because mm. what you've been through the last six months i it, that is disgusting it's quite horrible and just two like three bereavements too it's just it's not it's not good it's like you fear for like your mental health and mm. your struggles that but it sounds like you are doing very well at times you do have a struggle yeah. which is very understandable but I'm sending positive vibes and hopefully in the, in the next couple of months everything is turning out okay
1: Yes, fingers crossed Cheers mate We, do have,
0: well. we do have football as well to come into that uh, what yeah. I found with football that helped me quite a lot like the last 10 or 11 months and also during lockdown but I would imagine that football has been, and cricket as you're a bit yeah. of a cricket nuffy like me it's a good... A distraction to go through what you're going through in your personal life.
1: Yeah, for sure, definitely. You know that keeps me keeps me busy watching the crickets in the summer, and then when the football starts, and um, I'm always really excited when the Roma fixtures do come out because it means start planning trips for you know the, the following season. So, um, so I'm hoping to go out possibly in the autumn, um, and then I want to go to the San Siro next season. I'm determined to get there for a Roma game before they do potentially um, you know, knock it down and the, the Milan Club to move to a new stadium. Um and then maybe a few more trips off in the spring and, you know, see see what's going on at the end of the season if we're in another you know, going into the latter stages in Europe or whatever. But um yeah, so that's again things to look it's important to have things to look forward to in life, which are, I mean it was a struggle for a lot of people during Covid because it you know it, there was no um nothing to look forward to for a long. No, long, long periods com- doing
0: that completely hopefully Lee we might see each other at a Roma game
1: I was just about to say exactly the same thing yeah or maybe um, if
0: uh, if our two clubs get linked together in a cup game or a, maybe an FA Cup or a League Cup game in the, in the next uh, well because the League Cup starts in August or an hmm. FA Cup in January we might see each other we might see each other at the county ground or at St Mary's
1: sure I've been to the county ground a couple of times Saints, and I don't have a very good record at all <laughs> um but yeah no that'd be great I mean like I touched on when I was talking about my you know, time as a Roma fan I've sort of met or, or just you know become friends not even you know, I've met a lot of people sort of in person now but there are still so many Roma fans that I've known for years and years um from following this football, you know this club mm. that I've not even met um and um you know there's still loads of them I would like to meet in person um you know so you know, definitely include yourself in that so um I say if these are our clubs, do our English clubs meet or to meet this season, um, or say hopefully maybe in Rome if um, you know you've got a few trips planned yourself maybe this season, um, yeah. then we can have uh, another beer in Rome. I might
0: That'd see be, you there. Good. Yeah. N- now might see that Lee. It's been an absolute pleasure. I did say half an hour. We've gone almost. I think we've gone over an hour um, over three recordings because our skype has crashed a couple of times <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um lee thank you very much it's been an absolute pleasure and hopefully we'll have you on again soon um if you want to plug your socials is all yours
1: uh oh i can't you've put me on the spot now oh, i can't nice. actually <laughs> the top of my head if, uh,
0: sorry sorry sorry
1: can i open them up whilst um yeah i can skype might die on us again but um So, my Twitter is at, uh, capital L, and then, uh, so, Lee underscore R 1989, and my Insta is, what is my Insta? Uh, Lee underscore R89, so that's where I do most of my social media business, probably actually fails on Instagram, um, so yeah, so if any Roma fans that listen to this too to follow me, then and you can put up with all of my nonsense that I post on my, um, on my, um, my stories most days, then, um until three (laughs) you'll probably you'll probably meet me after about no it's it's cool it's it's,
0: we might do that for Mourinho fans if they start pushing the the limit again but that's that's a story for a different day day. yeah oh sorry I just knocked my microphone uh guys you can follow us at lemagicast.com you can find all of our previous episodes on the website and you can find find follow us sorry at at LaMagicast on social media you can follow me at at Scott underscore Monroe, where I'm pretty much likely I just talk shit sometimes if it's about Swindon football cricket food Um, I just feel that when the football season's over I just tend to take a break off social media for a little bit I'd take days off and just don't bother posting but no football season's almost upon us Uh, I'll probably get more active on that Uh, you can find us also on our all podcast platforms, so your SoundCloud, Podbean, TuneIn, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc., etc., etc. We'll probably have another episode up next week, or at one point next week, either earlier in the week or later in the week, to discuss transfer dealings and maybe some friendly talk. Lee, once again, absolute pleasure on a Friday night to have you on, just talking football and t- talking about a subject which I've talked about the last couple of weeks that I think is gaining more traction in 2022 in mental health. And um, I advocate, Mm, I advocate you being very, very brave and coming on here and discussing your, your problems and what's going on in the past six months with your personal life. And I can, I commend you for doing it. And this, it is a lot of bravery talking about mental health, because I think with us men, and when we hit a certain age, we bottle it up and it's quite hard to talk about, but i think what we've done in the last couple of years and be more brave about it on social media and into our families and to our friends it's it's amazing to see the outpour of like emotion and support that we get
1: yeah for sure i couldn't have said it any better myself
0: mate <laughs> i try to end yeah. it on a good mood
1: <laughs> yeah but no thank you for having me on it's nah. been um, great and thank you for the invite i've um, really enjoyed it i really well, I could sit here and talk about Roma for hours upon hours. Um if you know, the time allowed.
0: No. Worries. But, uh, uh guys, thanks thanks again for listening. Um we'll like I said earlier, we'll have something on again in the next week or so. But thank you very much. Forza Roma. Ciao.
1: Ciao, for Roma.